0: You're listening to episode 55 with Don Whaley, President and Chief Marketing Officer of ShareCare. You're listening to The Multiplier Effect, an endeavor podcast. It's up to. The people that
1: are actually driving the overall corporate wellness to make the determination in alignment with HR and the business and what the work from home policy will look like into the future because it's so critical to one's overall well-being.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Multiplier Effect podcast. We have a quick announcement prior to kicking off this week's episode. As a reminder to our listeners, you are invited to join our global network of entrepreneurs and international industry leaders for a two-day virtual summit focused on our season three topic of hiring for scale. 2020 changed the way we work. How founders attract, engage, and retain top talent is rapidly evolving. So together, we'll be reimagining the future of recruiting and hiring through dynamic sessions and exploring new technology, tools, and trends that are shaping the future of work. The event is free to all entrepreneurs looking to engage with peers across our U.S., regional, Canada, and Ireland offices Note most Endeavor events are closed to Endeavor entrepreneurs, but this event is for all entrepreneurs and community builders who have been listening to season 3 of the Multiplier Effect podcast. Don't miss this opportunity to connect with hundreds of entrepreneurs around the world and register at the multipliereffectpodcast.org today. All right. So today on the show, we are very excited to be sharing an interview from our Endeavor Atlanta office. Don Whaley, president and chief marketing officer of Sharecare is joining us on the show today. Sharecare is an Atlanta, Georgia based health and wellness company that provides consumers with personalized information programs and resources to improve their health. And Don develops the overall corporate strategy and scaling operational execution. And is directly responsible for marketing, strategic partnerships, and business development. Previously, Dawn was the Executive Vice President of Marketing and Strategic Relationships for HowStuffWorks, a leading nonfiction website providing high-quality content where she helped manage operations and corporate development efforts, including business development and creation and execution of the marketing strategy. After growing HowStuffWorks to one of the largest content destination websites, Don assisted in the sale of the company to Discovery Communications in 2007 for $250 million. Don was also a founding member of the Convex Group, the media and technology holding company that acquired HowStuffWorks in 2002, until its sale to Discovery. She currently holds positions on the board of directors for Forbes Travel Guide and the American Heart Association's Metro Atlanta division. She was recently named to the Atlanta 500, receiving Atlanta's Magazine's Groundbreaker Award, which honors the people and projects that make Atlanta a better place to live, and selected as a diversity and technology game changer by the Technology Association of Georgia. And today, Erin Hurst, Managing Director of Endeavor Atlanta, sits down with Dawn to get her insights on how to design healthcare programs for high-growth companies and the best metrics to track when building an inclusive employee healthcare and wellness strategy to retain top talent. So Aaron, take it away.
2: Don, it's it's great to talk with you today. We're so thankful and privileged to have you join us on our uh, Endeavor Multiplier uh, Effect podcast and excited to talk to you about a topic that I know is is on the top of every founder, entrepreneur, executive's mind right now, which is taking care of your employees or as I guess we like to say in, in corporate jargon, corporate wellness. Especially given the pandemic and all the amazing work that Sharecare does, trying to help both employees live their best lives and also help employers enable their employees to live their best lives and live healthy, healthy. So, thank you for joining us today.
1: Well, Erin, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
2: Yeah, me too. Well, let's jump right into it. So. I think it'd be great to get your perspective. You know, we have a lot of startup founders of, of different, you know, stages of companies. Could you maybe help de- define what a corporate wellness program contains? What are the different components of a corporate wellness program? Um, as you know, an entrepreneur may be trying to figure out what that even means and design a, you know, a, a program for the first time for their company.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I would start with that. You know, how corporate wellness. Is has been defined relative to how it's defined now has changed considerably. And, you know, you were already seeing that trend occur, you know, 10 years ago, where it was becoming more and more prevalent for the CEO or the C-suite to really think about wellness in a much more holistic way. You know, I think the new term or relatively new term is about an individual's well-being. And you saw all kinds of new solutions start to come to the forefront to address that. But, you know, I guess like so many different things in our lives, you know, 2020, I think, took what and how you define corporate wellness to a whole nother level. And, you know, before that, I don't think many employers, whether they, ha- they have two employees or, you know, 200,000, had to think that hard about, You know, who could come to the office? Should they come to the office? What does working from home mean? How do you keep people engaged? You know, how do you keep your culture intact? I mean, it's literally the whole environment has obviously shifted so significantly. And I mean, to be honest, I would say most of us, and when I say us, I would say, you know, even here at Sharecare, we're running hard to keep up and think about what that wellness program really needs to look like from here and go forward so I would say that's that's been a fundamental change and you know for share care it's been a positive change for our business because as you said we provide the tools and the platform for employees to live their best life and you know for their employers and health plans to enable that so it's a it's a very dynamic environment right all that to be said, you know i think for the entrepreneurs that are running their businesses that are listening to this i would say number 1 is really understand your audience you know who who are your employees because you know what is important to them and how you help live them live their best life can be very different company to company geographic location to geographic location industry to industry and so you know really understand what is going to make them happy? What is going to make them feel good? What is going to make them feel secure? What is going to make them feel safe? As you're starting to design that program, there's no longer kind of the one size fits all. I think that existed for so long in the corporate environment. What's important to to one group of people could be entirely different to another. And that's even within a company, right? You could be talking to different constituents about what their needs are. The good news, that as much as that sounds like a heavy lift with understanding the dynamic environment, understanding your audience, not trying to go for a one size fits all, is there are so many new capabilities, functionality, starting to, mindsets that are starting to be offered as corporate well being tools. That once you understand, you know what it is you're trying to achieve. You'll be able to find a solution set to address it.
2: Mm, Yeah, there's. uh, I actually come from the HR payroll software world prior to Endeavor, so I I definitely remember the cookie cut corporate wellness programs that I think a lot of our partners were, you know, selling then. And the world has changed so much over the last, obviously, eighteen months, but even the last kind of five years. It's really interesting that it's. Yeah, you really have to take a tailored approach, like you're saying, to design what your employees need and be thoughtful about it. Speaking of that, have you have you seen some best practices or have examples of, you know, really well thought, well designed wellness programs that, you know, either companies you're working with at Sharecare or others, you know, out there that that, you know, are are kind of good examples of of what good looks like?
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll start with the ones that I know best, which are partners of Sharecare. So last May, we were approached with an opportunity for our CEO Jeff Arnold who is an endeavor chairman here in Atlanta we were approached with an opportunity for he to speak with Ed Bastian the CEO of Delta and the connection was made because Ed recognized that you know in light of the pandemic and the world changing so rapidly that he really wanted to think about well-being as broadly as possible First for his employees, but ultimately for his customers and the community at large. Mm. And so he and Jeff had a conversation where, you know, they really talked about this next generation of helping somebody navigate their life to make the easy choice, the healthy choice, or maybe the only choice, the healthy choice. Mm. And, you know, both symbolically and figuratively in terms of like that, how they were thinking through it. And so they had this brainstorm call And ultimately where that led us is we ended up having an opportunity to work with Delta. And so as of January 1st, they applied ShareCare's platform to their 70,000 plus employees. And seeing how Delta has approached it, not just with the ShareCare solution, but all the solutions that they've brought together has been so impressive because they've absolutely thought through the points we were just talking about, which is, Their pilots have different needs than their flight attendants, have different needs than their baggage carriers, than their corporate environment, and really thoughtfully designed programs to address those needs. And they offer everything from support for someone's physical health. So, if you need to lose weight or you need help with your MSK, you know, because you're physically, you know, working every day, or if you're pregnant or for mental health, they've shown up so huge. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they have a, a free telehealth support capability built in t- for all of their employees to utilize at any time. Wow. And what's amazing is, as we've talked to Delta employees, right, as we're flying and interacting with the people, as we're you know, on our journeys, the positive impact and the positive perspective that Delta employees have about what Delta corporate has done is bar none, some of the best I've ever seen. Mm. And that was during a time when their industry was, you know, going yeah. through a very challenging moment. And yet Ed, I feel like just did the right thing. Like he wasn't worried about, I mean, that's not true. I'm sure he was incredibly worried about the bottom line and everything associated to that. But he understood that to to get to the next phase of the pandemic and where he needed to be, he his employees, Delta's employees had to feel really well taken care of, and that their well-being was very important, you know, to the entire, you know, executive team at Delta, and they were able to accomplish that, and mm. it's it's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's inspiring. I mean, a company that big, that complex, literally in the middle, uh, you know, of the the mess of of COVID nineteen frontline workers all over the world to be able to pull that off yeah that's that's a uh, that's a great example and
1: you just made me you made me think of something when you said all over the world that was another critical component for them is because they do have employees all over the globe was that they were able to offer those resources to the best of their ability to everybody hmm. so whether that individual was in china or sri lanka or turkey or england or the us you know, in many, many other countries, they wanted to be sure that everybody had access to the platform and to the tools and to the resources that they needed and and that it would be appropriate for where they live, work and play.
2: Wow, that's that's impressive. And congrats for you guys supporting that, that initiative for them. Going, I guess, the other direction, no need to call out a specific example here, Todd, but anything you've seen, you know, where companies fail to, you know, really implement their wellness program or, or some of the the reasons why, you know, sort of good intentions don't end up leading to good results in terms of corporate wellness programs. I'd be curious what you've seen.
1: Okay. I won't mention any names. Yeah. Yeah. No names. Thanks for, (laughs) thanks for the reminder. (laughs) You know me too well, Aaron.
2: You you can call them all Acme Corporation or something like that.
1: You know, I would say first and foremost is when the wellness and, and the health, care program is a check the box hmm. where there's not you know where it's either driven from a cost mentality you know they're just going through and figuring out the lowest cost offering to make it at least comparable to whatever industry they're hiring in but they don't really care hmm. and it's like when if the if the company doesn't really care and they're just doing it because they know they have to you will see so little engagement and utilization. And ultimately that ends up costing the company probably 10 X in the dollars that they saved from whatever they actually implemented. So number one is, is when they, when you don't give it the due process that it deserves. And again, you know, I think it is such a look at everybody be ad bastion and put the priority on that. And then I think what you're, you're seeing, and I'm, I'm seeing more and more companies get better at this but really trying to align the incentive programs that they're executing related to wellness. So, you know, or in or healthcare, meaning that when that employee does a certain task or participates in a certain program that they're eligible for, that they are, you know, incentivized and rewarded for doing so. And again, in the spirit of what, you know, existed five, 10 years ago, one, there was more stick programs than carrots, mm. So you, you were penalized versus rewarded that shifted probably about five years ago, but in, even then it was kind of a one size fits all. And what you're really starting to see is not only personalization of the wellness program within the environment, but you're seeing personalization of the incentive and rewards program within the environment. Mm. So, you know, what they want you, Aaron, to do, right. To live, your best life and optimize your health will be very different than what they want me to do. And they're able to design that effectively. And so one has been, you know, much more prevalence of real time data or they, they can, you know, get on their populations Two is, you know, technology has enabled like share care technology has enabled that ability to deliver those customized programs easily in scale. Yeah. And so You know, incentives being aligned, really making this a priority at the C-suite, you know, at the CEO level, to be honest, that's where you're going to be most successful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's uh, serendipitous. I saw, I think, Accenture just published a report on the future of work today, and they had a a, a stat in in their report that said, prior to the pandemic, 35% of CXOs fully embraced the responsibility to support their employees' holistic needs. And within six months, that went from thirty-five percent to fifty percent of chief officers are now, you know, fully committed to supporting their their employees' holistic needs, which is it's a huge jump. up that's awesome. So shifting a bit to maybe earlier stage companies. So you know, a lot of our listeners are not the size of Delta and may not have the capabilities <laughs> that they do to you know, maybe even implement share care or other other technologies or or partner with, you know, service providers to implement a wellness program. So any advice as you know, if you're a younger scaling company, um, what are some things that, you know, maybe beyond what you've already discussed, you know, founders and, and CEOs of, of of high growth startups should think about, you know, like when's the right time to add certain pieces of, of wellness beyond just, you know, the the normal, you know, insurance programs, et cetera, within a, within a company?
1: Well, first of all, you know, that most of the payers, most of the health plans and insurance companies, you know, have a lot of interesting programs that they will do for, you know, smaller companies. And so I would say my first advice would be make sure that you are fully understanding everything that you can get through your health plans or health plans. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times you have, you know, even smaller companies will have multiple options in terms of, the, the coverage plans that they offer. So be f- sure to take full advantage of it. And the reason I say that is like, even at ShareCare, where it's like, we'll wa- work with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arizona and they will, you know, enable ShareCare for their entire member base, whether it's a dry cleaner with four employees, hmm. right? Or a, a state organization that has 40,000 employees. Right. Like they, they all have access to ShareCare. The limitation is, is that the four person dry cleaner probably doesn't even know Sharecare is an option for free for yeah. their employees, whereas, you know, a 40,000 person employer would, you know, employee would, 40,000 person employer would know all of the options being provided by the health plan. So make sure you're, you're digging hard and asking all the questions mm. so that you can take advantage of all of those additional benefits that can be provided to you. Yeah, And then, you know, I, I think you, you talk to the people that are working for you, like, you know, if it's if it skews is a really young company, you know, well being could be part of their well being. Could be, you know, additional coverage of, you know, therapy to, you know, underwriting, you know, gym mem- memberships. So, right. you know, I think you really need to understand like what 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 do they care about, and and how do, how can you creatively address that, and and again. There's many instances where the health plan will actually reward, have provided rewards for, you know, positive health behaviors, and so make sure you you understand all of those because you could be leaving a lot of, of benefits on the table.
2: Yeah, that's that's great advice. And how do you recommend getting that feedback? Is it an annual survey, you know, to your employees? Is it more frequently? Is it? more of a pulse kind of a thing, any any kind of best practices there that you've seen?
1: Well, I mean, I think it depends on the size, right? If yeah. you're a 10-person company, I think, you know, you should incorporate the concept of of well-being into your, you know, regular monthly meetings or, you know, into the cadence of how you're running the company. Yeah. It should be, you know, as important as, you know, organizational updates to, you know, progress being made on the pipeline to how's everybody feeling and how can we help you feel better? Yeah. It should be that Integrated and if you do it from day one, I think it really does become part of your culture. Yeah. It's a lot harder to say, "I have three thousand employees. I haven't thought about their well-being one time. We've just been grinding it out." Now I'm going to go backwards. It's it's harder to instill it. And so, you know, if you're larger, you're two hundred plus, right? And you might not have that natural organic opportunity monthly or whatever to to keep a pulse with with your employees and your colleagues. I would say, yeah, I think surveys work great. You know, we do two a year at ShareCare across the board, Mm -hmm. specific to checking in on what people are enjoying, which is a really important aspect. Like, you don't want to just say, like, what's wrong, which I can't tell you how many companies make that mistake. (laughs) What what don't you get? No, no, no. What are you getting? What are you liking? How are you feeling about it? What would you like to see more of? And then, you know, what isn't working is a question, but I would not make that be the focal point. And one is a more formal survey, and the one we do mid year is specific to what we've been actually executing that year. Yeah. So, for example, you know, here we did a, a walking challenge as we were going public. And so it was fun because anybody that entered and accomplished the goal of, I think it was, I, I don't remember what the number was, let's say it was 30,000 steps over, you know, two weeks if you accomplished the goal, your name was entered and the prize was shares in share care. And so awesome. that was one of our, you know, 10 people won. And it was like one of our highest participation rates we've ever seen. Another one we did because of the feedback we learned in our employee survey was, especially now people wanted to be able to exercise at home. And so we did a sleep walk challenge and all of this is easily customizable and within share care to like deliver it to our employees. And the 10, 10, everybody that completed it, it was just a completion exercise. Everybody that completed it name got entered and we gave away five Pelotons and we almost had 75% participation, which is really high for a challenge like that. So that's
2: cool. So yeah, that's, that's really smart. So come, I mean, you're combining wellness events, you know, with your culture, with teamwork, which is really smart and any company, any size could pull that off. Right. Yeah.
1: Yes. You could be, I mean, anybody like, yes. And, and I would encourage again, everybody that's listening in that, you know, as you're building your culture, infusing that in a very deliberate and authentic way. Yeah is a game changer. Like You will benefit from that for years to come.
2: Yeah. And and look, the, the number one thing that every entrepreneur we work with at Endeavor is struggling with right now, even more so with the pandemic and the geography barrier being taken down for their employee base, is talent. And corporate wellness is, I think, a huge future opportunity for companies to create a bigger moat for their existing talent and then just create, you know, more of a flywheel to bring in great talent into their company. If they can build out, you know, a thoughtful, build wellness into their culture, like you're talking about.
1: Exactly. And interestingly enough on that note is, I can't remember where I read it, but in, you know, the concept of working from home now in some cases with larger corporations is underneath the wellness umbrella. So it's up to, the people that are actually driving the overall corporate wellness to make the determination, you know, I'm sure, you know, of course in alignment with HR and other, you know, the business leads, but it's they're determining what the work from home policy will look like into the future because it's so critical to one's overall well-being.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and before we we kind of wrap up the discussion on on wellness, are, are there any, I guess, KPIs, metrics you've seen companies use that, you know, the listeners could could think about implementing and just in terms of tracking? Obviously, surveys help, but are there some things that you've seen work really well within companies?
1: Well, you, got, you kind of see it in, in three parts. So, you know, initially is is activation. So, you know, how many of your employees actually take advantage of your program? Yeah. Like in whatever methodology that takes you know registering for a, a digital solution or signing up for you know a group class how many people have activated number one metric kpi that every company looks at and then what does the engagement look like relative to your goals so you know how many times are they interacting with their with the programs with the offerings with the capabilities that you're providing to help them improve their well-being and then, you know, ultimately, longer term, you would look at, you know, one, employee satisfaction, right? Yeah. Are people happy, you know, which you can look on Glassdoor and find out. And two, are you saving money, right, in your overall healthcare expenditures? Because ultimately, if your employees are maximizing and improving their well-being, their healthcare costs should ultimately go down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So
1: that's kind of the down.
2: Yeah. that, That makes a ton of sense. And even the, yeah, the employee activation piece, I'm sure there's plenty of entrepreneurs out there, including myself running Endeavor. You know, we have five teammates now. I, you know, I've never looked at our insurance plan, uh, you know, wellness program to see how many have used it. So I'm taking notes right now and I look forward to implementing some of your, your advice. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, we're going to shift into our, our classic Endeavor segments now, Don, where we hit you with a few rapid fire questions. So, so are you ready?
1: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right.
2: So first one, I, I don't know if you've met Linda Rotenberg, our, our co-founder and CEO of Endeavor. She wrote a book called Call me crazy. Crazy is a compliment. I think as an entrepreneur, you can re- relate to that probably every hour of every day. So we'd love to hear a a fun call me crazy moment that you've had. You know, it could be recently. It could be you know a while ago.
1: Um. Well, about twenty rushed to my brain. Like <laughs> as you were just asking the question. So as a serial entrepreneur, and you know, been doing this for you know twenty five plus plus ish years, I have a lot. So I'm just going to go to a more recent one just because it's it's kind of relevant to everything we've been talking about. And I would say, and this wasn't just me, this was a collective crazy with Jeff Arnold, our CEO, and Justin Ferreira, our CFO. The three of us have worked together for over 20 years, if you can believe wow. it. And in 2016, as we were building ShareCare out, we got introduced to a public company called Healthways. And they were really really kind of the pioneers in in population health and the company had been for sale for a while and the reason it had not sold it was doing a couple hundred million in revenue but it was losing at the time 80 million in revenue mm. and we decided if we wanted to really scale to the next level like overnight this could be our way to do it because what they were lacking, and they had huge clients, big contracts, very robust digital, I'm, I'm sorry, very robust lifestyle and disease management services. But where they were failing is their technology. So they really, their technology pro platform was very out of date and was run by third parties primarily. And so we took this huge bet to acquire Healthways, which was three times larger than we were in total people significantly larger in revenue and losing more money annually than we had in the bank. And it was a bet the farm event. No. And we had to rapidly, you know, stem the bleeding, replatform the company, keep the contracts with many of the customers that were not very happy. And if none of that happened, we probably would have potentially gone under as a company. Wow. And so we did it and the bet paid off because we were able to do all of the things we had to get done very quickly, but it was probably the most physically, mentally challenging year and a half I've ever had in my career. Wow. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was, I can't even explain it, but yeah. we now can tell the tale and it was, it was the smartest thing we could have ever done because it catapulted us to a very leadership role in digital
2: health. Wow. That's a great one. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. A couple more quick rapid fire questions. So name a company and a CEO that most inspires you. And you can't say Jeff.
1: Well, I already gave. know <laughs> I, I won't. 20 years. That's not coming out of <laughs> yeah. That's not what I'm saying. You know, I talked about Delta so much, which I really do admire them the company and Ed Bastion significantly, just really what I've seen firsthand over this last year and a half. But I would say like who I like am just so inspired by right now is neither a CEO or a company is Mackenzie Scott. I think her giving strategy was beyond brilliant. And I've been so impressed with how quickly she has, you know, given away billions of dollars but in such small amounts to such necessary charities that will literally give them like a decade of life. Like the YWCA within Chicago, Mm. like people are so dependent on that. And she just got in there and, you know, I think you need all types of giving strategies, but I'm just blown away by what she's done. Mm.
2: Yeah. That's a great one. That's yeah. That that is inspiring. What are you reading or listening to right now?
1: I'm going to do listening because it's a weird one or not weird, but. It's not a podcast. It's um, serious soul cycle radio. Okay. I literally, because I get to walk to work yeah. most days that I'm in town. And it's kind of like my pump me up music as I'm walking to work. I play it really loud. And while I'm not exercising, I'm just walking. It just like gets me fired up for the day. I'm obsessed with it. And I was so mad they just changed. It was Station Four, and they changed that station to like the TikTok station, and now Soul Cycle's like on 327 or something like <laughs> so far off. But I'm still listening to it, and I love it. I am. I just finished Fiction Wise. I always kind of have a fiction and a nonfiction going. Fiction to relax. Nine Perfect Strangers, mm. which interestingly enough, I just saw an ad That's for a show, right? that Netflix. Yeah, yeah, is doing a show on it. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, cool. So, but just finished the book, so I'm gonna watch the show. And I've been reading for a long time from a nonfiction, I just can't get through it, um, A Promised Land by President Obama. I just, I think it's an amazing book. It's just dense and I don't know why I'm struggling with it, but Hmm. that's what I'm reading.
2: And what is one piece of, the best piece of business advice that you've ever received in your career?
1: You know, I don't think that I've ever, like, I don't really think I've had the type of career where I like sit down. I've never had a mentor per se. I don't think I really like have, been given business advice, but I have learned a lot through watching amazing people. And so I would say, you know, I basically have worked for two people my entire career. The first was Pam Alexander, who had an agency that specialized in high-tech companies. And second was Jeff Arnold, you know, again, who I've worked with for a long time. So I think watching both of them and their ability, like not their ability, their inability to think inside the box push me so much because I am a pragmatist. I am a eldest child. I am a rule follower. Like I need to think of everything fitting into its spot. And while it could sometimes like rub me the wrong way because it just was some, sometimes didn't feel logical or the natural place, something belonged, watching how they literally can link such disparate things together, but make that one plus one one equals 10 through putting those things together. Has been the best for me, and for me pushing pers- myself personally, and certainly pushing myself within the companies I've worked.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and you and you know you Jeff with that kind of thinking, and you with the uh, creative and ability to get anything done. Those two different skill sets, that, you know, I think you have to have both, right, to to win. And you guys are clearly doing that at Sharecare. That's a great one. Awesome. Well, Don, that's thanks. it. Thanks for thanks for the time. We're really, really, I told you I'd give you some time back, Don. I wasn't, wasn't lying.
1: You weren't lying. I love that. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: A small gift for all the time you've given us today, but yeah, we're truly grateful. You, you've given us some really specific and helpful insights as entrepreneurs all over the world are scaling their businesses and trying to implement, you know, a very thoughtful corporate wellness strategy in this new, you know, pandemic world that, that we live in. So uh, this has been great.
0: Great. Thanks for having me. Special thanks to Dawn for joining us on the show. For more information about this episode and to register for this year's Endeavor Summit, head to our website at themultipliereffectpodcast.org. See you next week.